From KLCC Studios, this is Oregon on the Record. I'm Michael Dunn. Living in western and central Oregon means living among two forests, the one right outside the city and the one within, the urban forest. And while many of the trees in these two forests may look the same, there are major differences and major challenges to each. Whereas wildfire is a year-round danger to our wilderness trees, something as simple as neglect can greatly harm the trees in our neighborhoods. Today on Oregon on the Record, you'll hear from the local director of Friends of Trees and local arborist Sperry Tree Care about the health of our urban forest trees and what all of us can do to help them thrive. They'll also talk about the incredible benefits we derive from trees, including better mental health, better air, and higher property values. Trees are a gift that we enjoy today and should nurture so that our ancestors can enjoy them hundreds of years from now. Trees clean the air, lessen anxiety, cool our neighborhoods, and increase curb appeal for our homes. Today on the show, you'll hear from Eric Burke, Eugene Springfield Director for Friends of Trees, and Gritz Kuhn, Field Crew Manager for Sperry Tree Care, about both the special abilities of trees and the special care we need to provide them so that they can keep doing the amazing things they do. Eric Burke, the Eugene Springfield Director for Friends of Trees, and Gritz Kuhn, the Field Crew Manager for Sperry Tree Care. Thanks so much to both of you for coming in and talking. Yeah, Thank thanks you. for having us. Yeah. Eric, let's start with you. You know, for, for talk about all the benefits about trees and, 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 and really why people and organizations should endeavor to plant more. Trees have a huge amount of benefits and we've, we're finding out more and more all the different benefits that they have. Um, there was just a study released of the effect of Friends of Trees in Portland planting hmm. on heat islands in areas that have very few trees in Portland, and it found that many few, fewer people died because of the trees there during the heat dome event that we had. Wow. So that's just one thing is trees cool our hardscape areas in our cities where there's a lot of reflective heat hmm. trees basically have environmental benefits social benefits and public health benefits and there's a whole bunch in each of those classes so you know obviously they clean the air and water are some of the environmental benefits they um take in carbon from the atmosphere and put it into the soil and into their bodies um Public health benefits are are becoming more and more known, and social benefits, um, and there's also economic benefits of trees, like raising property values and many other things. Um, but the public health benefits were are being seen as more and more important. Um, particularly, for example, um, trees help kids learn. Hmm. When kids are in schools that are well-treated, they can focus more and um, achieve better results. And another big study release looked at the effect of um, total loss of trees from emerald ash borer in upper Midwest cities, hmm. and it found that um, that's an that's an like an invasive insect. It's or a, a bug okay. that kills um, trees, and they found that um, after that happened, public health declined dramatically. Birth rate. Uh, birth weight declined hmm. very dramatically in those cities. So um, wow. trees are very important and provide a huge amount of benefits. Yeah. They have a very high return on investment. <laughs> well, in, in a place like Western Oregon, which is very tree dense, or, or we think it is, is it easy to kind of take for granted, oh, there's just so many trees, but obviously I imagine you might say there's still plenty of room to plant more. 
That's absolutely, free. absolutely. Um, particularly, you know, if we go out of town, um, Doug fir would cover most of the land surface if left alone. Hmm. Um, and so native folks burn the forests to create open areas where there's prairie and savanna and lots of food and, and resources. Um, but in the cities, it's totally different. And so trees are unequitably distributed across the landscape. So the South Hills of Eugene have 60 to 70% canopy cover. Hmm. And some parts of West Eugene and Springfield have 3 to 7% canopy cover. Our schools are the worst um, tree covered areas in our communities. Really? They have somewhere between 5 and 15% canopy cover at most schools. Huh, huh. So, Grits, to you now is, is, is in, you know, maybe thinking very basically here for someone who maybe has never planted a tree. Are there some sort of basic considerations that a property owner should think about when they, when they think, hey, I, I want to plant some trees? Yeah, absolutely. Um, First, the most simple is the right tree for the right place. You don't want to put a giant sequoia directly underneath a power line. <laughs> um, so figuring out also what your soil type is will set that tree up for success. Okay. And what Eric just mentioned, trees, doing a return on your trees, pruning them young is proven to be extremely beneficial and the return on your value is very high. Let me take a second here to introduce you both to our audience. We're talking with Eric Burke, the Eugene Springfield Director for Friends of Trees, and Gritz Kuhn, who is a field crew manager with Sperry Tree Care. Other than obvious, the obvious thing of a, tr a tree falls on your house or something, what are some basic things that maybe a, a landowner, a property owner, would see and know, oh, there, this is a problem, I better call a professional? Are, are, there, are there telltale signs of when a tree might be in real need of of professional care or support. Yeah, I mean, the obvious one, as we saw, when your tree has actually failed sure. is on your house. Um, but there's a lot of other things, you know, preventative care and putting some effort into pruning your tree uh, is proven to prevent them from failing. Okay. And that this ice storm was extremely scary, and a lot of people have have had severe damage and um we don't want to underestimate that um but it was a short period of time trees provide a lot of benefit most of the year yeah. and that if you put some effort and some investment into taking care of those trees the likelihood of them failing or parts of them failing can be drastically reduced with some maintenance. Got it. Got it. Well, let's let's talk about the ice storm that just happened, and I, I guess maybe you know our conversation can sort of focus on sort of the, the three stages. So obviously, some landowners are still cleaning up, and you're certainly seeing you know you could be on any trail in town and, and see that there's still you know a lot of tree damage and stuff. So there's there's sort of that still cleanup phase that I imagine a lot of people are in. But there's also you know now it's kind of perhaps this assessment phase of okay. My tree fell over. Why did that happen? And then, and then the third phase is, okay, how do I plan for a better tree future? So kind of maybe just take it, uh, and, and I'll go to you, Eric, you know, what are some just basics if, 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 if landowners are still cleaning up, what should they be thinking about, you know, in terms of some of the tree damage and some of just not, not so much, you know, fell on their house. I get that. They've probably already <laughs> had to work on that, but just, you know, to kind of perhaps, um, 
you know, get get rid of any dangerous situations, but then also start thinking about, okay, where am I going to implant this next tree so that it, hopefully it doesn't fail like perhaps it did this time? Yeah, and I'm going to um, use that to go back to the planting question. Okay. Um, so if you um, planting, some things to think about really are your site um, and how much room do you have? Trees, each tree has a different amount of volume of soil that it needs for its roots. And so that thinking about that root volume, if you're planting a large tree, you need a really large area of soil for its roots. And so one of the problems we run into in cities all the time is we have a really long history of planting too big a tree in too small a place. Mm. And in cities, we've chosen to prioritize roads, buildings, driveways, hardscape, and utilities as the main things that we um, are, are design features in our cities. And trees are kind of afterthoughts. And so they have to fit in whatever spaces are left over after that. And so one thing to think about if you're a landowner, like you said, is is the design of your, of your property. And, um, you know, where do I want my hardscape? and my buildings and all of that kind of thing where do i want my nat other natural features like trees and um wildflowers and and shrubs and fr food producing plants so um coming up with a serious plan that's one of the things that is lacking in most sites hmm. and so the other thing is the selection of the tree like grit said for soil type is really really important for the mature size of the tree, making sure it does have that root volume and um, distance from hardscape buildings, power lines. We don't want to put trees too close to our buildings, to our driveways, to our sidewalks, to our roads, to our power lines, sheds, things like that. We want to put them in, in an area where the tree can thrive and consider like over 200 years. Mm. You know, what's that tree going to be doing in 200 years? <laughs> it, does it have the room when I put this here? And then, um, you know, really thinking about um, what kind of tree you want. What do you want it for? And um, do you want to give back to nature, too, and, and plant a tree that has a lot of habitat value? Yeah, yeah. So, so Grits, turning to you, I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's too broad a question to say, what are the right trees to plant? But maybe in general terms, you know, I think you talked earlier about, you know, native species and stuff. Mm -hmm. are, is there a general rule of thumb of both the right trees, but then also in kind of taking on what Eric just said, you know, working with an organization such as yours and, and, and a landowner to come up with that plan? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, understanding what your goals are as the homeowner um, and then consulting with somebody who is a professional so that they can provide the right options for you. Um, you know, we don't really want to decide for people what sure. they want, but we can guide them in the right direction with professional advice. Mm -hmm. um, and like Eric just mentioned, giving back to nature, giving back to habitat, there are well-documented species that really promote habitat much more so than non-native trees. Mm -hmm. um, and to the point about planting, just because the tree gets damaged in this ice storm doesn't necessarily mean the whole tree needs to be cut down. Even if it is you know, substantially damaged, there is some opportunity for the tree to recover in as little as a few years. So 
if you're going to cut your tree all the way down, you're setting it much farther back than if you just replant a tree and not necessarily that new tree will withstand another storm. Grits, you know, we see trees and we think they're these majestic, incredibly strong things, but of course they can get damaged. I want to talk a little bit about tree resiliency. You were just talking about the fact that you may not have to cut down a tree and that you it can be salvaged. Talk about that a little bit because, boy, you, walking around town, you think, oh, my goodness, look at that tree split in half. But sometimes it can be saved. Yeah, definitely. And one thing to keep in mind that I think people lose track of is that trees are living things as well. Um, they just live in a different, <laughs> different realm. Um, and that they do add a lot of property value. And just again, because it was damaged doesn't mean it needs to be removed. So the resiliency of a tree that weathered this last storm and still is standing means that it has some extremely strong structural integrity hmm. and that assessing it and you know reducing weight out on the tips drastically increases the structure of the tree and that just because you have a little bit of damage doesn't mean the whole tree is a loss and that you need to just start over. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was thinking in, in a very dynamic environment that we live in, you know, <laughs> trees sort of get it from both sides. We're talking about how they had to withstand this somewhat historic ice storm. But then in a few months time, we're going to be mm-hmm. talking about the potential for drought or wildfire. You know, just uh, Eric, talk about, you know, <laughs> our trees really have to withstand a lot that that's both the caused by human interaction, but just also, you know, an environment such as Western Oregon, which throws a lot at them, doesn't it? It really does. We have a strong summer drought that um, we often don't realize how profound that is, particularly when we have year after year of it. And um, it stresses trees and climate is changing really rapidly now, which means that um, in the past, the way trees adapted to that Climates always changed and and warmed and cooled. Trees would move north when it warmed and and south when it cooled. And and but they can only move as fast as a tree can run. And <laughs> squirrels and birds can spread their seed. Mm. And so um, we're often now planting trees from um, California and south of here. Um, we say our climate is likely to be, we used to say Sacramento in 2050. Now we're saying Stockton or Modesto, wow. California. So we're looking at trees from that area that are we're planting here. Um, trees have kind of a couple ways that they deal with bugs and pests and diseases. And um, one of them is just to kind of endure and be really strong, like an Oregon white oak or a birch just gives up and dies. (laughs) Um, And so um, there's madrone, my favorite tree. I I looked at, I took a class on madrones and we found some that had 18 different fungal diseases on the tree at once and they were still thriving. Wow. So trees are very tough and resistant. And what we can do is aid them in reducing their stress and increasing their resilience. Okay. Grits, I'm thinking there might be some 
newbies of, of, of trees out there listening, thinking, boy, I'd like to plant a tree, but I'm, I'm concerned that, you know, boy, there's going to be a lot of maintenance involved to make sure that it's, it's, it, it stays healthy. Can you kind of talk about what sort of maintenance is like? Obviously, people can hire a service, but I mean, yeah. just in terms of if they want to take care of themselves, are they, are they committing themselves to hours and hours and hours every weekend taking care of them? No, not at all. I mean, that's kind of the big misconception of pruning small trees is Mm. that they really don't need much. And if you can prune a tree on a cycle of three to five to eight to 15 year program, Mm. especially in the first decade of its life, you're only going to be spending maybe 15 to 20 minutes on a small tree to really help it prolong its life and have a really strong structure of a tree for its whole lifetime. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take a quick moment to reintroduce you both. We're talking with uh, Eric Burke. He's the Eugene Springfield director for Friends of Trees and Gritz Kuhn. He's the field crew manager for Sperry Tree Care. Eric, um, you know, one of my favorite uh, quotations of all time is, uh, you know, the best the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. And I, I bring that up just simply, and this is kind of a philosophical question, but, um, and you talked about it a little bit, this idea that it's great to plant a tree right now, but you may not necessarily see all the benefits in your lifetime. Maybe talk a little bit of how you advise people about Planting a tree is something that is more than just, you know, a temporary benefit. I think that's a great question. And I encourage people to think about young people that they love and think about them in the future. So grandchildren, um, nieces, whatever it is, and think about them in 30, 40, 50 years and wanting, you know, what kind of life you would like to have them have. And for most of us, I think it includes a healthy forest around them and, and healthy trees in their lives. Yeah, yeah. You know, both of you have mentioned this previously, but I, I think it's interesting, the idea of the economic benefit of trees. And so, you know, Gritz is someone who's, who's, whose livelihood is wrapped up in this. I'm, I'm thinking, you know, oftentimes, if, especially if someone is thinking of, of selling their house, they're thinking of, oh, maybe a new fresh coat of paint or, you know, pavers or something like that. But obviously, planting a tree could be one of the most cost-effective ways for curb appeal. Yeah, definitely. And especially in communities that don't, have a lot of trees to begin with um, trying to get more funding and more support from the community to help those communities get trees and have the benefits that we've mentioned to kind of beautify the whole space yeah yeah we've talked about mostly trees in town the idea of our our urban forest and, and eric i'm also wondering too you know obviously it doesn't take long to get away from the urban core and get out into the wilderness. And I'm, I'm just wondering, sort of philosophically speaking, you know, as as stewards of our community, how should people be thinking about the forests that surround us all and how to be even better stewards of the trees that are there? That's another great question. Um, I think sharing um, and extending the management to the original people of this area, um, the native people in this area is an important part, and bringing back uh, fire into the landscape Mm. is is really important. Um, And seeing that, uh, 
I, I think we're thinking about these storms as though it's this terrible thing that is an outlier. It comes in, it does all this damage. Um, and then we blame nature and trees for it, whereas a lot of the storm damage we can mitigate and head off if we kind of change our management. And so um, really these are normal things now. We can expect another storm like this in mm -hmm. two to four years. We had them in 2012, 14, 17, 19, and 24, five out of the last 13 years. So this is the new normal. And so by really investing in our forest, we can um, head off some of these issues. The rural forests, what I'm seeing when I go out there, is a hugely benefited from this storm. Hmm. You know, in, in our, the cities, many people have suffered terribly from trees falling on their houses, um, all kinds of different damage. But in the rural forests, um, this is nature making the forest more healthy hmm. by thinning the forest and opening light. We used to burn and keep open forests that would have very little storm damage. Now we suppress burning and we allow the forest to be full of tall spindly trees that break easy in storms. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, you know, Grits, you're t talking about sort of, uh, I guess the idea would be like the symbolic really, or symbiotic relationship between native trees and native plants. Maybe talk about, you know, again, I realize you want, you want homeowners to make their own choices about the, the plantings that they do, but the idea of how our native trees and native plants sort of cooperate, if you will. Yeah, and I think the missing piece there also is that humans are involved in that too. Hmm. Um, like Eric just mentioned, the relationship between the plants, the trees, and fire has been extremely beneficial in this area for okay. a very long time. I mean, granted, we can't put beneficial fire on the ground as easily in an urban setting as we might like. Sure. Um, but I think just understanding that balance, because they all kind of work together to make it somewhat great. Yeah, yeah, and and they do, and they do. Well, listen, uh, Eric Burke, the Eugene Springfield Director for Friends of Trees, and Gritz Kuhn, the Field Crew Manager for Sperry Tree Care, really appreciate you go, you guys coming in and talking. Yeah, thanks for having us out. Thanks, Michael. That's our show for today. I want to thank my guests, Eric Burke, Eugene Springfield Director for Friends of Trees, and Gritz Kuhn, Field Crew Manager for Sperry Tree Care. Tomorrow, you'll hear from the Oregon Director of the Small Business Administration about how they're creating more loan opportunities for marginalized communities, and we're also working on a show about Lane County's new fentanyl awareness campaign and want to hear your questions about the fentanyl crisis. Email us at questions at klcc.org. This show, along with all episodes of Oregon on the Record, is available at klcc.org. I'm Michael Dunn, and this has been Oregon on the Record from KLCC. Thanks for listening.